It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. Everybody's talking, of course, John, about the submarine. Uh, this submersible that is down below in the water and everybody trying to find it. There are reports that there are tapping and sounds that happened last night and this morning. Uh, and joining us now to talk about that is Dr. William Parker. He, of course, is a senior naval officer, retired. He commanded three warships, knows a lot of folks with the explorers because there's members of the explorers that are in that submersible right near the Titanic and Dr. Parker, what what do you think is going on? Are these people going to be, is there a glimmer of hope or is it unrealistic? I think there's a glimmer of hope. First of all, it's great to be back on your show. It's a glimmer of hope, but I think it's, uh, it, it's getting uh, more and more difficult by the minute as you've got less than 48 hours of uh, oxygen left. Well, so, so talk about the search, how intense this is. And do you think, by the way, uh, we were talking earlier, John and I, with Bobby uh, Chacon. He's an FBI diver. You know, they don't know this tapping. Um, the one thing I thought was interesting, they're tapping, and they said it's every 30 minutes, and that they heard it last night, and they heard it again this morning. It. How do they discern if it's the people in the submersible or if it's just another sound in the ocean or a mammal? How do you determine that? Well, that is difficult, but I'll tell you, that's a pretty standard thing that if you're underwater, remember when the Arizona went down during World War II, there was tapping going on under the water right there in Pearl Harbor. This happened again when we had uh, small vessels and submersibles because it's a way to communicate if you lose all other capability. Also remember that sound moves four and a half times faster in water than it does in air. So if you're tapping on something, there's a very good chance that somebody is going to hear it. Whether or not it's them, don't know yet. Sound moves. I never heard that one before. Sound moves four and a half times slower or faster? Faster. 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 It moves it moves a lot faster in in uh, water than it does in the air. Wow. That's why you can, you can hear whales and on the other side of the ocean. What I can't understand, uh, Will, is... Why they don't have cameras down there? Why aren't they fully equipped? Isn't the Coast Guard fully equipped? And it's days and days and days, and and they haven't sent cameras down or or robots or anything. Yeah, so so a couple of things happened. One, there's not a requirement for craft that are experimental craft to have the same kind of safety requirements as those that are uh, recreational or tourist or or uh, regular business. And so this is an experimental craft that just happened to have people on it that were donors, et cetera. So it's, it has different rules, and that's been a concern about this particular craft for a long time. Um, as far as uh, the Coast Guard getting out there, look, the Coast Guard, the Navy, as soon as they were told, I was told they had about an eight-hour delay between the time that this happened and the time that they actually were told the Coast Guard and the Navy, and they started moving stuff as quickly as they could. They were, they were moving mountains. Um, but this thing is two miles down. Uh, and it's in water that's just above freezing. It's 36 degrees. You lose electricity, 
and you no longer have heat, you no longer have communications, and that seemed to have happened uh, about an hour and a half into the into the uh, evolution. And we're talking to a senior naval officer, uh, Dr. Bill Parker. Uh, Dr. Parker, you know, also just to get an, uh, an idea, this to me made it very, it hit home to me. They were saying the depth of the water, um, and you were talking, you know, over two miles. It's the height of two Grand Canyons, and the size and the width area for the search area now, they said, is the size of two Connecticut's. I mean, that's like an unbelievable when you think about um, how complex. And first off, first, hopefully they find them. And second of all, then bringing them up. How tough is that? It, it, it's hugely complex. Finding them will be difficult. Uh, remember, if this thing lost uh, uh, control, lost electric power early into the evolution, then as it starts to dive, it's doing somewhere around 40 miles an hour as it as it hits the uh, hits the bottom. Uh, at some point there, it's about a five minute transit to the bottom. Extremely difficult to find something this small, not much bigger than a suburban. Just to give you an idea, it's 22 feet long. Um, it's 20,000 pounds. To bring this thing back up, there's only a few craft out there that can do that. One of it's on its way, the V6000, but you would need that and a U.S. Navy crane ship at the same time pulling this up, and they're certainly working it. The last part is even if you bring them up to the surface or somehow they magically got up to the surface on their own, they can't get out. So this is very much like Apollo 1 where Gus Grissom burned inside of the Apollo capsule right on the launch pad because they had no way to get out. They're like stuck inside, right? Until somebody unbolts them. Yeah, you're stuck inside until somebody unbolts you. So uh, we, we got a problem. Just heartbreaking. Yeah, heartbreaking. 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 I'm just praying Bill again Parker, for that glimmer of hope. You, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, we have to take a hard break right now, and we'll talk to you again real soon. I look forward to it. Thank you very much. Thank you.